Welcome to the Hillside Podcast. We trust that you'll be impacted by listening to today's message. Father, we just pray your favor, your blessing, your eloquence, the right words, and most of all, your anointing upon Roger right now as he ministers to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Rich. Morning, everyone. How are you doing? Just um, this whole week, I've, I've been in my head, and, uh, and it's, a, it's a terrible place to be because you're all over the place, and you're trying to put something together. You, you, you know that you've got a preach coming up. There's so many things going on, and I spent so long in my head, and I felt God say to me this week that stop being in your head, just be in your heart. And I know that you guys don't want to know what's in my head, but I hope you want to know what's in my heart. Because God has spoken to my heart, but also I want him to speak to your heart. So if I could ask that you get out of your heads and get into your hearts. And, uh, and Richard mentioned a word called eloquence. It is not something that is strong with me. Uh, so forgive me for that. But what I do want you to receive is what God's heart is for you. So try and stay out of your heads, stay in your heart, and uh, we trust that God is going to speak to us this morning. So Father, I thank you that, uh, that you use someone like me, someone that has your heart. I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be spoken to this morning, that it's not about our head knowledge, it's not about learning something new, but it's about understanding and believing in you. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us right now, that you just settle our minds, you, you put our minds on park in a sense, and you just open our hearts to receive from you. Thank you for your goodness upon us. I thank you, Lord, that, uh, that you will have your way with us and that we will be open to receive everything you have for us. In Jesus' name. Are we good? Hearts open. Good. So there was a man by the name of Gideon, and uh, he was in his head. And he was in a wine press because he was scared. The Midianites had taken over the land, and uh, every time there was a crop that was to be sown, the Midianites would come and just take it all. So in, uh, in, in, his, in his thinking, he thought, okay, what I'll do is I'll just go and take a little bit of wheat and I'll go and thresh it in hiding, in secret, a little bit just for me. So he goes around and, he, and, he, and he's trying to thresh this wheat in a, in a wine press. And the angel of the Lord comes and he says, uh, Gideon, mighty warrior, savior of the nations, uh, come out of the wine press. And he says, nah. no, 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 I'm still in my head here. No, you need to prove to me that actually you are of God and that you really want me to do this thing. Anyway, so the point of that story for me at that point is that, that Gideon was in his head. He was definitely called. The angel of the Lord came to him and he said, Gideon, mighty warrior. What the angel was doing, he was calling out leadership in Gideon, calling out his destiny, something that he was created for. But Gideon was in his mind. He was still in his head. And often we hear the call of God on our lives and we say, mm, no, no, no. Maybe it's not for me. But if you were just to open your heart, you'd realize, actually, this is me. And uh, so this morning I'm continuing on uh, what Richard spoke about last week, which was leadership. And uh, so many of us, and I would say in a swooping statement, we are all called to be leaders. Okay. Do you feel that? Is that in your heart or is that in your head? 
needs to be in our hearts. We need to understand God has called us all to be leaders. David was called as a young boy. So Samuel goes out and he, and he goes to anoint David, but they can't find David. They can't find the person that Samuel's supposed to be anointing because David was a shepherd boy. He was out in the fields attending to the sheep. But he's called and Samuel anoints him. Many of us have been called many years ago. And like David, we've been followers. Followers of Saul or followers of leaders, which is great. But maybe it's the time for us to stand up and say, actually, now I can lead. Now I understand fully. I have been trained. I've grown in this time. I have, I've waited patiently. And God has been patient with me. Just as God was patient with Gideon in the beginning. God has been patient with me. But maybe it's my time to lead now. Maybe it's my time to stand up and move into the thing that God has called me to be. It was about 14 years before David became king. But it was in that time that he learned how to slay a, slay a lion, kill a bear. And he became one of Israel's greatest leaders ever. Leadership is a kingdom principle. It's God's idea, and it is good for us. Often we, we shy away from leadership, but if, if we understand what God has for us, he has leaders for us. He has leaders to lead us into his ways. If you can turn with me to Matthew 9, and we're going to read 35 to 38. Beautiful, crisp sound of paper turning. You can hear it across the congregation as the iPhone goes on. Thank you. Thank you for that sound. Thank you. Okay, Matthew 9. See, it takes a while. I think I'm just nervous. These pages aren't turning properly. Matthew 9, 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. So Jesus taught a lot. He went into all the towns, and he preached, and he teached, he taught. <laughs> um, and he healed. He did all those things. But then the very next verse says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. That word compassion is not just like we understand the word compassion. It's, it's, it's a deep, innermost feeling that Jesus had. It brought him to a place of tears. He was so compassionate. It was like his, his heart was ripped out for us when he saw that we were sheep. Like, like sheep without a shepherd. He desires, and he does truly desire that we have shepherds in our lives. It's a deep, it's in, within him. It's his desire for us. He cries for us. He wants us to have a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Say the workers are few. The workers are not few anymore. 
The workers are not few. Look at all the workers here. Look at all the leaders here. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out the workers into the harvest field. Father, I pray that you would send out the workers, the workers of Hillside Church. Send out the workers, for the harvest is plentiful. Is your heart starting to burn? It should be. You should start, start getting a hold of this thing that Jesus is so compassionate that his heart is breaking for his people that he wants you to go and harvest. He's calling Hillside to stand up and lead. A good leader inspires others to accomplish the mission, both in the corporate but also in the, per, in the personal. So a good leader wants you to succeed in the corporate but also in your personal life. A good leader has no use of intimidation or manipulation or any form of fear tactics in order, to, in order for you to do your job. But in love, for the sake of the people he leads. Is love manipulative? No. Does it want something for itself? No. It wants something for the other person. That's how a good leader leads. A good leader first understands who he is before he leads others. And he values others not for his own self-gain or for it to be a status symbol or puffing up or arrogance or anything of selfish, selfishness. Good leaders are not about attaining a goal, but developing winners. Good leaders help us to understand who we are, giving us the truth of what Jesus has done for us. He understands that Jesus is in us and it can work through us. And this whole morning, we've been speaking, even in the, the prayer meeting before, during the, the worship, we were speaking of rivers. There was a word of rivers, Ezekiel's river. From the throne room of grace flows a river, but it flows from within us. Now, New Testament river is within each of us. And what is that river for? Is it for you? Yes, a little bit, maybe. But how much of a river can you really consume? It is for those around us. The river that is in us is for those around us. It flows out of us. It is from that place that we lead. It is also from that place that I call out a river in you. I say there's a river in you that can feed so many. Allow it to flow. Let it go. Stop consuming the whole river. You're getting fat. Allow the river to flow. And it's just a beautiful part of Scripture. It's Ezekiel's river. Just how much life comes from that river. And sometimes we restrain the river that has been put within us. And it's for us as leaders to call it out of one another. But if we understand we have the river to let it flow. A good leader carries hope. And I love David's psalms because even in his darkest moments, he'll write a psalm. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. A leader carries hope. Hope for his nation. 
hope for himself. He speaks himself up. He says, I am not one to be trodden down because the Lord is my Savior. A good leader will do that. A good leader will show those that are in desperate need that there is hope. A good leader carries the banner, the banner of Jesus over his life, and he lets all see that he carries hope. The church is so honored and blessed to carry the radical transformation love of God. The radical transformation or transforming love of God. What does that love do? It smashes sin. It gets rid of shame. It transforms your life. It brings you out of a place of sickness into a place of wholeness. Who carries that? We do. The church. The church has been so blessed to carry the hope of the world. Carry it well. It is love that flows from within us that changes the world around us. You know, the Bible is filled with examples of good leaders. And, but if we look at each leader, they're all quite different, aren't they? They're not all the same. They're definitely not all the same. And uh, I've got a quote here. It says, becoming a leader is synonymous with becoming yourself. It is precisely that simple, and it is also that difficult. Becoming yourself is becoming a leader. It is that simple, but it is also that difficult. And uh, I have a little story that uh, when I was first called on to, to lead, um, there's a story that goes, and, we, and you've, some of you have heard it, that uh, we had done uh, leadership training, and Richard and Jill had come around to, to discuss the course with us. That's what we thought. And uh, they very graciously had bought us some hamburgers, and they came around for a dinner, and uh, halfway, well, within one bite of Tanya's hamburger, they said, we'd love for you to come on to leadership in the church. And uh, so that is the night of the long, soggy, cold hamburger. <laughs> there is something that goes on in your head when you're called that says, no ways, this is not me. Because I know who I am in my head. But God knows who I am in my heart. And he wants your heart. When you're called to lead, he wants your heart. He doesn't want your head. Your head gets in the way. And it got in the way when I first started leading because uh, I'd been under Richard's leadership for some time and uh, done a little bit of preacher training. So I thought I had this thing sorted. The first five preachers were probably the worst preachers I think this church has ever experienced. <laughs> True story. Thank you for just confirming that. <laughs> My heart is broken. <laughs> You're not speaking truth. <laughs> the, the, the thing was, I was in my head. I was trying to be like Richard. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I just wasn't tall enough. <laughs> and I think that sometimes we see leaders and we say, Whew, I could never be that. But amen to that. We don't want more Richards and we don't want more Rogers. We don't want more Grahams. 
We want Richards, Rogers, and Grahams, and Stevens, and whoever else. We want you. God wants you. And I think we get far too caught up in our heads. Allow the Spirit to work through you. I remember when I was, and it's, and it's sometimes difficult to be you. I remember when I first, first became a Christian. I became a Christian, I thought, that's, gee, that's amazing. I'm a Christian now. It's so cool. Everyone's going to love me. <laughs> and uh, it so happened that I was mocked. I was taunted. I was, they said, oh, are you crazy? So the way I dealt with it is I used to take them up against a wall and smash them. <laughs> it was very effective, but it wasn't loving. Sometimes, yes, sometimes we think to sort this out, we use our heads or we use our brawn. But it's not love. It's not love. We need to use our hearts, guys. We need to use our hearts. I think that if David had used his heart more than his head in some occasions, it would have gone way better for him. And it did. When he ever used his heart, it went well with the nation. Yeah, wow. You know the thing about using your heart, though, is that it is extremely vulnerable. You know, if, if, if I were to ask you just to lay your heart out, it's a very vulnerable place to be. So I've just said to us, we need to use our hearts to lead. But now I'm saying lay it out on the table for everyone to see for everyone to criticize, for everyone to mock and to pick at. It's vulnerable, it's sore. It's sore when you lead with your heart, but that's what God wants us to do. I have another quote, thanks to my good wife. It's from Brené Brown, eh? It says, vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity. It is a source of hope, empathy, accountability, and authenticity. If we want greater clarity in our purpose or deeper and more meaningful spiritual lives, vulnerability is the path. God doesn't want our good ideas. He wants our heart. How the courage to be vulnerable transforms the way we live, love, parent, and lead. I think God is calling us to be more vulnerable. I think we've been well-trained, but I think he's calling us to be more, more vulnerable. Be more you, be more authentic. And whatever you do, last night I had a dream. It was a bit of a strange dream. I was also just waiting around somewhere and I'd, I'd had a piece of putty in my hands, just a small little piece of putty but it had little hard bits in it and I was trying to knead it to get it right. And there was, a, there was a man next to me and he had a huge clump of putty and he was kneading it as well. And he, he looked at me and he said, I think you need this putty. I don't know why I've got this. He was a construction worker. He'd obviously just come off site. And he said, I think you need this putty. So I, I said, okay, thanks. And I took the putty and I kneaded it and everything became nice and soft. And then I realized, actually, he needed me. He needed me to expose him 
to God. I had to open my heart to him. I had to go towards him. And I said to him, I said, sorry, I don't know why you gave me the putty, but I believe God wants you to know that he loves you and that you are soft in his hands and that he wants you to, to follow him. And he burst into tears and he thanked me for it. And it was just a dream. But I think God is telling us this morning that sometimes we get given things and we just take them. We don't know what they're for. But if we just open our hearts to those around us, I think we will see our leadership grow. Does that make any sense at all? It takes courage to be vulnerable. It exposes you. You know, sometimes we have to take what we believe to be right and just set it aside for the sake of love. We might have all the answers, but actually the real answer is just to love. Often I've had discussions with people and I've, I've got the answer. I know what they need, but actually they don't need my brain. They don't need the right answer. They need the love of God. As I said earlier, we are all followers, followers of Jesus. But to be a follower, we also need to be vulnerable. So I've spoken about leading, but also to be a follower, you also need to be vulnerable. Because if you want to be led well, surely the leader needs to know you well and know your heart so that he can lead you into a place of freedom. And I'm quite amazed by Jesus when he says, not your will, God, or Father. I mean, not my will, Father, but yours. Why, I wonder, did he not just say, I'm super bright, I'm really wise, I can just lead myself? Why does he go to the Father and say, your will, not mine? For you and me, he gives up his right to be right and follows the heart of the Father, which is for us. Sometimes we need to give our rights up for those that we love, those around us. It is amazing that Jesus does that because he does it for you and me. Even though we might have been a little bit smelly, a little bit off. But he does it anyway. Even though he knew that we were going to torment him, we were going to hang him on a cross, he does it anyway. Because that is the will of the Father for his people to know that we are loved. I follow Jesus because he first loved me. Jesus' leadership is for me. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He has all authority on heaven and on earth, but he allows me to call him my king. Isn't that amazing? He could easily reject us, but he doesn't. He says, you, you can call me king. You can call me king. You can follow me. You just have to open your heart and follow. He loves me for who he has created me to be, and he calls it out of me. So stand up, mighty warrior. 
great lover of my people, leader of many, leader of few, stand up. I love you. Be strong, be courageous, be vulnerable. He does not compare me to anyone else. He wants me to be me. He wants you to be you. He does not compete with me. In fact, he wants me to win. Isn't that amazing? He wants me to win. He's on the sideline. He's the dad on the sideline, cheering for me. Go for it. He doesn't mind if you trip and fall. It's when you fall that he says, get up. You can do this. I'm with you. Holy Spirit is with you. You are strong. You are courageous. You are more than conquerors. Isn't that amazing? Do we feel that? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Not, not in a week like I had this week. Yeah, maybe next week will be better. No. In the, in the moment, in your weakness, you are strong because he is in you. We are strong in our leadership. We are strong as followers. He helps us discover good things for us, for ourselves, and for the ones that we love. He loves what I love. He loves what you love. I'm compelled by the love he has for me to love the things he loves. I use my heart and not my head. I filter everything that my head says through my heart. Can we say that? Can we say I filter everything that my head says through my heart? That's quite a statement, I think. If we were to filter everything through our heart, which is laced in love and goodness, everything our head says through the heart, river of goodness and love flowing from us, If you have been a leader in this church or in any form whatsoever, I want to honor you for striving to see others win. Do you lift people up? Never put a limit on a person around you. Call out their potential. If you have not led, I call out leadership in you for all of us, for our sake. Stand up and be a leader. I also remind us that to be a good leader, you need to be a good follower. And when we're away on the, um, the Passion Feast in Bethlehem, um, Dylan Long was talking about evangelism and he, and he said, uh, you know, you never know what has gone before you. You never know what the person has heard before you encounter them. You never know what has gone on in their life up until that, that point when you meet them. And I'm, I'm acutely aware that many of us have heard many things for many years. And, uh, and I'd like to give us the opportunity now. If you have if you've heard messages that it is good to follow Jesus or that he is your savior or whatever, however it has come to you, however it has been packaged or spoken to you, if you've heard that word, and now you want to say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity now. Is there anyone here that has had and heard so much, and now they want to say, yes, I want to, I want to be the follower of Jesus? 
Anyone? Put your hand up. No one. No one yet. Okay. They're just shy. No, no, it's okay. The thing is that, so what you've heard today might have stirred something in your heart. You might hear something tomorrow that stirs something in your heart. And you might hear again and again, or you might see something. It'll stir something in your heart. And then one of these leaders will come around, and they're going to say, would you want to follow Jesus today? So my challenge is not, not to be closed off, but to open your heart. Open your heart to lead others. Open your heart to be a follower of Jesus. Be strong and courageous. Be vulnerable. And that's all I have to say. Shall we pray? Is it good to pray? Good. Because God is good. Yeah, Father, I thank you that, uh, that your spirit just ministers to us. Even, even if there is just one word that was spoken this morning, that you would, you would germinate that seed in us, Lord. That we would grab a hold of it. That we would allow it to grow within us. That we might be vulnerable to it. That we might become the people that you have called us to be that we would be open to it. I thank you, Father, that, uh, that you ordain leaders around us that we can follow. I thank you, Lord, that it might be a vulnerable thing for us to do. But Lord, we set aside our right to be right, and we follow. We follow because we love, and we lead because of the love that you have for us. And I pray, Lord, that the rivers that you've put inside of us would begin to flow, even now. Lord, that the river of goodness and love would flow from each of us, that we would be bursting at the seams with goodness because you have filled us to overflowing. I thank you, Lord, that the river from heaven does never ceases to flow, that whatever we give would be multiplied, Lord. Whatever we receive would be multiplied. I thank you, Lord, that we, we stop using our heads and we just use our heart. I thank you that the church is the, is the place that your wisdom will be known to the world through us. I thank you that it's, it's a crazy idea but you still use us. I thank you that you honor us. We honor you this morning. We do say that we love you. I thank you, Lord, that you would have your way with us as we open ourselves to you. In Jesus' precious name. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your story if you've been encouraged by this episode. You can connect with us on Facebook or leave a review on our podcast.